Welcome back to the Brown Paint Podcast, everyone. Today I have with me Jazz Bolmer. She's a 20-year-old half-Swiss, half-Indian, and an aspiring actress, performer. Um, she's currently studying art at Monash, uh, Criminology and International Studies, but has recently taken some time off to put energy into making her passions her career. I have to offer her my congratulations because she has just most recently auditioned and successfully gotten a place in an acting course at Howard Fine Acting Studios, one of Melbourne's best acting schools. And congratulations, Jazz. It's so amazing. <laughs> so excited for you. Um, let's talk about that, actually. Let's talk about, you know, you deciding to follow your dreams um, yeah. and making that huge mental jump to kind of actually explore a creative mm-hmm. career that's something that's like huge and I know that was huge for me and it took me a long time to build up the courage to kind of do that um yeah how did you find that um well I guess with having a break from studying at Monash doing arts and everything like deciding to defer from that I was like if I do that then I have to put some effort into making my passion work for me um so that was sort of like the first step because I knew that even going into my Monash course when I started it, I was like, I'm not going to finish this. This is not what I want to do um, for the rest of my life. It's sort of just like filling up time mm. and just I just and to learn and to just try it and figure out if I, it is what I like. Um, but yeah, so with deferring this second semester, I was like, I have to do something. And I put it off and I put it off and I was very comfortable with just working and then I think my boss well not just only my boss but everyone just kept asking me like what are you doing next year and I was like I don't know and then I sort of like hit the panic button a little bit and was researching for like weeks about courses um like even at like the big performing arts schools like BCA, NIDA, whopper and everything um but I was a little bit late and I like I missed all the cutoffs for them so and then you actually had told me about the Howard Fine Acting Studio and so I'd looked into it and I was like I love it it sounds great um to be able to do like a one-year course instead of three that suits me because I'd love to like accelerate that if I can um rather than being a course for three years um so I went into that And I was like, I'm just going to, I was stressing about like the money part of it. And I spoke to my parents and everything. And they were sort of just like, don't worry about the money yet. Just see if you get in first, we'll worry about the money later. And I was like, you know what? All right, that's fine. So even like the first step towards doing that, I was like, I went to like the online open day, um, which I even felt like was a big step for me because usually I wouldn't be like, I'm not going to do that. I'll just like audition and see what happens. But like, I really wanted to find out more about it. And I'm so glad I even went to that online open day. It was like three hour Zoom call on like a Thursday night or something. And I was just like, it was the best experience ever. And it made me excited for it. Um, So like that night I applied um, and a couple of days later, I got my audition time and I started like that night, I actually like chose my monologues. I didn't even know if I was going to get an audition yet. But like I fully went for it and yeah, and then I got my audition time. It was like a week after that. Um, And so I was practicing and practicing. I told, didn't tell many people (laughs) because I, like I said, I wasn't really sure whether I was going to get in. I knew it was quite um, 
prestigious um, in the sense that it's an independent acting school and even though it's not one of the big ones that you know about or that you hear about, it's still quite um, difficult to get into. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and so then I did my audition and I it was on, on Zoom as well. And I just felt like it went the best that it could have went. Oh, I, when I went and I left it, I was like, I feel pretty good about it. I don't want to get my hopes up. And I sort of told myself, I was like, you know what, if you don't get in, you'll figure something else out. Um, but I was sort of riding on everything that I would get in. And then the next, so that was like last Thursday, I think. And then on the Friday, less than like 24 hours later, I got an email saying that I had been offered early acceptance. So it was great. I like cried, <laughs> but it was so exciting. And my friends and my family were way more excited than me, I think. But, yeah. That's so exciting and I'm so happy for you. That's going to be such a transformative experience. Um, Yeah. Especially because acting is so, I don't know, it's so so deeply personal that acting training always ends up becoming therapy. (laughs) Yes. God knows, like, I'm the most emotional person ever. (laughs) So It's good though. So good. And I'm just so excited to learn more and continue to learn because I think for a long time, I was like, I don't need to go to a school. I know what I need to do. Like I have that talent already. And I think that was just me being scared to Mm. even try. Um, And so I was like, you know what? This is what I have to do to make it happen. I'll do it. So I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And I just can't see myself doing anything else in the world. So yeah, so that's, yeah. Wow. So you're full jumping into making acting a career now essentially yeah yeah pretty much this is this is it (laughs) I know it's so scary yeah I was just gonna say how does it make you feel because I know for me it was terrifying yeah like I'm so nervous and I don't know what to expect like I think I think of what it might be and then I'm like it could be the complete opposite like when I in my head I think of because I did year 12 drama (laughs) that's all I can think of yeah like doing performances, being in an ensemble, doing solos, like that's sort of what I can see, see it um, see it as. And I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to do that again? Um, but I'm so willing to, like, put in the hard yards for at least one year. Heck um, yeah. For the- and just, like, jump straight into it because I feel like there's no other way that I could do it. But, Heck yeah. yeah. No, I'm proud of you and it's going to be an amazing experience. Um, Thank so- you. I actually you in my audition oh what no way did you actually what did you yeah, say um, he, he had asked me where I'd heard, like or why I wanted to um go there and I said oh well a friend of mine she had mentioned it to me she'd really love like your 10-week course or whatever whatever you did is yeah. that what you did yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he was like oh what's her name and I was like oh Adia he was like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so good oh I love that um Okay, so you are a halfie. <laughs> like this is so random, weird segue. Um, so you are half Swiss and half Indian. And yeah. the reason we were doing this podcast today was to talk about your experience as a halfie. And I think this is a really juicy convo. And I've been trying to get other halfies on board to have a like super candid, transparent, honest conversation about this stuff. But 
no one seems to want to do it. <laughs> and I think it's because um, a lot of it, I think it's really hard to like fess up to some of these things. Not that it's anything to fess up to, but they're just like, I guess, little, I don't know, nuances or like yeah. little like things that happen in like the halfy world um, yeah. that I find really it's not bad or good. I don't want to paint it in any way. Um, but it's just like a thing that happens and it's super interesting in the context of the conversation we're having when it comes to cultural identity. So um, I want to ask you, have you felt like with embracing your halfy cult, like half, half Swiss, half Indian heritage, do you feel that embracing the wider side of being a halfy is cooler yes I think Ooh. when I was younger um specifically that was what I connected with more or at least tried to connect with more which look looking back seems so stupid because none of the only family that I have here from Switzerland is my dad like mm. the rest of my family is in Switzerland um and I don't see them very often and my mum's family is here, like my grandparents, my cousins, like her, her sister and stuff. So like it felt, yeah, like I said, looking back, it feels really weird that I tried to sort of not ignore it because I always loved my grandparents and I loved my mum and obviously loved my cousins and everything. But sort of if anyone asked me what I was, because people always did or they'd assume that I was like Greek or Persian or Spanish or everything that I'm not, um, I'd sort of just be like, oh, yeah, like my dad's Swiss. And I'd, they'd be like, and? And I'd be like, oh, and I'm half Indian. I'd sort of like brush past it a little bit because even when I did say that I was half Indian, people were like, Swiss, Swiss, that's so cool. Oh. So it was like not very common to hear that, well, that half, um, that like, yeah, the, that halfy mix anyway. But oh. Now it's completely different. Like when someone asks, I like proudly say it. And I don't know what shifted. I think I just sort of was like, why am I embarrassed when I have nothing to be embarrassed of? If anything, people love that about me. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, yeah, earlier on, I did think being Swiss was cooler. Yeah. <laughs> and I know this isn't exactly a question we can answer with 100% truth because now we're getting general, but do you think that generally speaking, halfies tend to rock their white side more than their ethnic side? Um, maybe. I think it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. um, I think, yeah, I'm not too sure. That's a tough question. I think for me when I started to accept it more is that I realized that my style started to change a little bit. Yeah. Like I always used to, <laughs> we always used to make fun of my mum for being like this, like hippy dippy, like <laughs> sort of character. And then I realized that like I loved all the patterns, like the Indian sort of patterns that she loved. And yeah. I started picking out clothes that had that, um, like in jewelry and like all my jewelry that I wear is like my grandma's. So like yeah. it, I and like it comes out in my room like everything it's like I my style is completely mm. um, in line with that side of me now I think and mm. yeah I think people start like love me more for it because I embrace it 
That's know. awesome. That is so awesome. Um, do you, uh, so the next question is your half year experience um, with people treating your, you said you had a friend that was full Indian and you said that they treat her differently to you. Yeah. How, what, tell me a bit about that. So, yeah, there's a girl in our friendship circle who's full Indian. Um, like if you looked at her, you would know that she was Indian. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when you look at me, like I said, people don't really know what I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they just assume that I'm white, really, mm-hmm. because I don't have that dark skin. Um, my mum is not that dark. Um, but, yeah, so this girl, she's fully Indian and my friends would just like, make jokes about her being Indian basically and then she'd sort of look over at me and be like why aren't you making fun of jazz like not that she ever like well actually I can't say this because she might be hurt by it um not that she's ever really said that she has been but she was sort of just like oh why aren't you making fun of jazz and they're like oh she's half it doesn't count Mm. and it's like well I never said anything because and that maybe makes me just as bad because I didn't say anything but I was sort of just like, that sucks because we share the same the same culture and I fully understand it. Um, and just because I don't look like her, I don't cop it. Right. Um, just like, give me, give me a joke. I can take it sort of, you know, like I'm not offended by it. But, yeah, so that was sort of that. And it made me think. I was like, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I find that it's almost like when you're a halfie, the entire white side of you just takes over like everyone just thinks oh you're Mm. more white than the other half yeah and I think it's because I grew up here too Mm. um so I think that if I for whatever reason I don't know how this would have happened but like if I if my dad had met my mum when she was in India like and they lived there it would just be completely different like my yeah that's true that's true um but because we're here and it's sort of neutral ground from both my parents mm. and the Western culture and everything. Yeah, I agree. It completely takes over. Mm. And I don't know much about Swiss culture, but I suppose you've technically like you're half Swiss and you're half Indian, but then you've also been, you've also grown up in Australian culture yeah. um, and like modern day Western culture. So if you were to give yourself, I know this is really hard, but if you were to give yourself percentages of the three cultures, Swiss, Indian and Australian, what percentages do you feel you are? Yeah. I feel like I'd be, oh, wow, that is hard. I know. Oh, This always give, stumps people when I ask this. I don't want to give one too much and then, like, neglect the other because... Oh, I'd say, I don't know an exact percentage, but I'd say the least is Swiss. Yeah. Maybe because I haven't been able to connect with it being, like having them so far away. Mm. Seeing them maybe like once every few mm. years. Um, And I'd say majority is Australian mm. because that's what I know. Yeah. And then I'd say the other, like whatever's left. <laughs> so maybe if I said... Oh, maybe 50% Aussie. Yeah. And then 30% Indian. Mm-hmm. And then 
100% Swiss. Okay. Okay. I think because even though we don't do a lot, like my fam, like the Indian side of my family, we're very relaxed. We don't like, um, we don't practice a lot of the religion, religious stuff that maybe um, someone who is full Indian might. Um, we do like for special occasions, like we do prayers and, you know, like some special um, Indian events and stuff, but right. we don't go uh, to the temple very often. Like we'll go to yes. the temple like if like a family member or something passes away or like something like yeah. that. But it's not something that I practice heaps. So, yeah, I guess that's why I'd say those yeah. percentages. As I was asking you that question, I just noticed something about the way we were talking about like being white and the way I think just everyone talks about being white because it's really interesting when when you say when someone asks you like for the first time oh like what's your background and you say I'm half Swiss and half Indian I suppose the Swiss kind of gets grouped into unless that person's really well traveled I find that a lot of us just group that Swiss or whatever European or whatever type of white into just this huge category of white Yes. And you don't like we don't do that with Indian versus Sri Lankan or Japanese. When it comes like white culture, it's just white culture or white people. But there Mm. are also different experiences of being white. Like you said, you feel like around 50 percent Australian white versus 20 percent Swiss white. (laughs) What do you think is like? Well, because. I guess that 50% Aussie, that that feeling anyway, is because when I go to Switzerland, I look and feel like an outsider. Like mm. I don't look it when I'm there. I look Indian or I look something else because I guess stereotypically Europeans are very white, mm. <laughs> blonde, wise, that sort of that sort yeah. of category. And yeah, I just don't look, I don't look like that. So I definitely look like a tourist when I'm in Switzerland. So I guess that's why I feel um, that majority of me is Australian. Yeah. Mm. And uh, like with Swiss, Swiss culture, what's the, dis- like, how would you distinguish Swiss culture? What's like, I, I don't know much about it. So what's your kind of synopsis on it? What I can go from is like my family mm-hmm. over there like everything is runs like a well-oiled machine like oh. lunch sorry like breakfast at the same time every single day lunch at the same time every single day regardless of what you're doing mm-hmm. um dinner at the same time every day um and if you have food left over you're having it for the next into the next few days until it's like until it's finished like mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's and it's very like, I, w- I don't want to say strict, but yeah. strict. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, that well, at least my family is um, that everything is completely tidy all the time, um, but and clean like your house, your room. But one one good distinction is is that in Switzerland, I guess, well, I guess here in Melbourne you dress up when you go out for things like people make quite a lot of an effort to how they look Mm -hmm. in Switzerland they don't oh really (laughs) it's no it's the complete opposite it's so casual it's so relaxed like you can go 
to a fancy restaurant wearing like Crocs you know what I mean like it's not like that at all and one of my good friends from Switzerland when she came here she was just like everyone dresses up she's like I had to buy new clothes and like even in the stores there everything is so the fashion is completely different it's not very um, elevated it's all just like t-shirts shorts like yeah it's yeah, very, yeah very... I know what you mean yeah when I see yeah. like European tourists come here you think god they must be from Europe because it's like yeah I don't know, it's <laughs> you, not, not in a bad way but it's just I don't know like Australian like Australia England the US Canada I don't know we have our own little world our own little style our own little first world yeah. privileged bubble where we all kind of we're like I don't know modern day Instagram fashion <laughs> that kind of thing whereas I feel yeah. like the whole rest of the world maybe back in 2010 or something it's so interesting to see right like no you're not wrong when you say that like I don't like the only the other thing is though the the quality in Switzerland of clothes is so so high like it's beautiful wow um compared to what we have here which is why everything is so expensive everything is made so beautifully um but yeah it's a lot of it's ugly like it's (laughs) like I would not be caught dead wearing half the stuff that my like auntie and uncle wear or that my even that my like cousins wear yes yeah I'm like that I was like you could dress so much nicer I I think of that like think of um whenever I go to Sri Lanka it's like they're a couple years behind it's really funny because it's like I don't know like I feel like we're bagging people at this point but um it's really just interesting to see how I don't know we we really are in a bubble um and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is I guess up to your personal discretion but yeah super interesting um and how many times have you been to Switzerland? I have been the first time I ever went. Well, my brother, my two oldest brothers were really lucky to go when they were about oh, 12 or 15, like around that age. And they were there for ages and got to go to school there oh. um, for like six or, or so months or six to a month, wow. months to a year. And they were lucky to learn the language and everything. Um, but when it came to my other brother and me, my parents couldn't afford to do that. So the first time I went was probably for like a three week holiday when I was like 12. Right. Um, and then I've been maybe three or four times since. Wow. Yeah. That's decent. Maybe, or maybe, maybe twice more. Maybe I'm, yeah. I went last year. <laughs> that's all I can, wow. that's all I remember. That's so but, awesome. Um, yeah. And how but, like, oh yeah. No, go, go, oh, go. no. <laughs> no go. I was just going to say, like, I wish there's a part of me that just wished my dad spoke to us in Swiss German when we were younger, just so I could have that other language under my belt. Because like my brother, like my oldest brother, he goes back quite a lot. He's quite lucky to be able to travel quite a lot um, to Europe and always goes to Switzerland, obviously. And so his language, it's still there. Mm. But when I go I am sitting at a table for three hours and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Like, <laughs> like oh, I, it would be so handy. And like, I look at my dad to like translate. Obviously he can't translate everything for me, but yeah. I was like, oh, I wish everyone just spoke English. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I've like blanked out. Oh, um, 
I was gonna say so so we've talked about your Swiss side how about your Indian side what was that like embracing like chronologically speaking so yeah um I guess I like I said before I don't really know when the shift happened from sort of thinking it wasn't cool to then embracing it and thinking Mm. it was let's Uh, go there for a second I want to like let's really dig deep onto like why it wasn't cool if that's okay do you have any idea where that started yeah I think that was because there was a stereotype about Indians it was just tell me this stereotype it's like they're creepy like the men are creepy um yeah Airy, smelly, we stink. Like there's like all this stupid stuff, um, and you know, like it's not even. And I feel like I can say this: we even made fun of it. Yes, so I totally was, feel this. I totally feel this. Same here. Yeah, like, yeah. my mom would make fun of it. Like we, yeah. I'd be like, "Mom, I went to a club and there was like this creepy Indian dude," and she would just be like, "Oh, what?" And like we'd start laughing about it. Like it yeah. was never something we took offense to about us Mm. yeah 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 (laughs) you know what I mean so like there was that stereotype around it and being I don't know whether it's still like this now well I guess it is because it sucks that it's still like this now but I felt like this in definitely in primary school not so much in in um high school but being white was just cooler yeah like and there was a lot of at least in my area there was it was always like spot the white kid <laughs> so it was like we had such a multicultural uh, oh. and, like cohort throughout primary school and in my like high school life so it was always like oh who's white and it was sort of just like if all the white people would just stick together <laughs> mm. because we felt outnumbered I think whether that's I don't think that was conscious I think it was sort of just how we got together but I'm sort of going off topic yeah yeah I I do think um the question was oh yes why do you think you were embarrassed of your Indian side yeah I definitely think it was the stereotype okay yeah I Um, think so too I think for me as well I think that there's such a negative stereotype about being South Asian and the most unfortunate part about it is that these stereotypes, like, kind of true. They are. That's like, what I was going to Like, it's, we can't be mad about it because no, they're not. No, it's true. And stereotypes kind of do exist for a reason. I mean, it mm. doesn't mean that, like, a culture is completely only that, but there definitely is truth to that. Like, yeah, yeah. It, you know, even things like smelling, right? That's a thing, I guess it wouldn't be a thing if you lived in a brown country or it would be less of a thing because the thing is like that's their normal because they eat all these spices and extravagant flavours. And, of course, you're going to kind of like your body odour is going to smell like that to a certain degree. (laughs) You know what I mean? And when you come to a Western country where they have, I guess, like in comparison – more bland food and their sweat doesn't stink as much or they don't sweat as much anyway because it's a colder climate I guess Mm. people would be like oh what's that smell they're not used to it so it's like it it's I mean it's not necessarily a 
I mean, yeah, it's not a bad thing. I guess in context of like our Western society, it's perceived as yeah. a bad thing, not because it's actually bad, but because it's just, it's unfamiliar. Yeah, and we we yeah. don't like the unfamiliar, I think. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it totally all comes down to tribalism. Like, yeah, fully. You're, you're from this tribe and then you detect a new smell, which is like from this other tribe, and then you sense danger. Um, yeah. And that um, kind of I think where I was like going with the whole school thing and being multicultural, and I think because I think I wanted to identify more with my like white side because I wanted to be different as yeah. weird as it sounds. Oh, there okay. were so, um, yeah, because like I said, there was so much diversity mm-hmm. um, within my school. I didn't want to be just like lumped in with the rest of them, I think. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But that's not to say because I have so many friends who are like Asian, South Asian, whatever. Mm. And it's like, I never thought badly of them, but I think that's where that came from. I didn't yeah. want to, yeah. I wanted to kind of be my own person away from that. Yeah, um, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, okay. Um, the next question I wanted to talk about is like that whole thing of being, you feel like, I, I, I feel this. So I couldn't imagine what it'd be like to be a harpy and feel this. So I've always struggled with, I don't feel brown enough to fit into like in with brown people. And then mm. I also don't feel white enough to fit in with white people. And so it's like, I'm not brown enough, I'm not white enough. And I mean, there's a weird limbo cultural mm. identity crisis in the middle. Do you feel that? Do you resonate to that? Yeah, to some degree I do, because I think sometimes I haven't felt brown enough mm-hmm. because even if like one of my friends would make like a like some sort of comment like I'd be talking about my grandma and um in Indian culture we call my grandma like nanny mm-hmm. and I think I was talking to one one of my friends who is Indian and I was like oh I went to go see my nanny the other day and he was like whoa like stop it's weird hearing you say that like he's like you're like white and I was like but like that's, I was like that's my grandma like that's normal to me yeah. like do you know what I mean so like in that way I guess I've haven't felt brown enough mm. um, I guess the white side has never really affected me mm-hmm. uh, because I like I said I don't look dark mm-hmm. and I'm not dark um, so I think being white mm-hmm. has benefited me in that way because I think if I were darker um, yeah then I wouldn't feel white enough Mm. So do you think that your cultural identity, do you feel like that you feel accepted as a white person in like white, uh, like, you know, this is, we're really talking about like really subtle senses. It's not even like, I don't know, because I feel like everyone's generally expect accepting here in Australia, but yeah do you feel that your acceptance as white like that ease that comes with identifying as white do you feel Mm -hmm. that that comes from the fact of um oh I don't know how to word this do you feel that that comes from oh my god I'm losing my train I think it I think it comes from having grown up here yes Uh, 
like under because if I had grown up in Switzerland or in, even in India, mm. I would the culture is completely different. So I think having that growing up here, go on. <laughs> I remember what I was gonna say. Yeah. I remember what I was gonna say. Do you find? Do you think that your sense of ease in identifying as white comes from your actual skin complexion? So. If you were to be, if you were, if, if your mum was a little darker and you ended up more my colour and you were a halfie, would you feel like it would have been harder to identify easily into the white category? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, fully. Like I had a conversation with, um, I think I've spoken about this with you before, my, um, my family group chat went off one day mm-hmm. because my brother had mentioned, my brother who lives in Queensland um was talking to his fiance and they were having some sort of argument and he was like oh as a brown person and she was like what like you're not brown like and he was like oh but I identify as brown and I think in her head because like I said we're all not that dark she just didn't think of him as a brown person yeah. she just thought he's white he's grown up here he's socially accepted as a white person um and then we, it's all sort of sparked a conversation within our family group chat being like, do you identify as brown? Do you identify as white? Mm. Uh, my mum was just like, why do we have to identify as anything? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. They're all just human. Um, yeah. And yeah, a couple, like I think I said, I think I identify as white because socially we are white and yeah. we have benefited from our skin colour not being dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so sad to say because, mm-hmm. yeah, I think if I was darker, I would be copying the Indian jokes just as much as my friend was in that, mm. like, in that um, circle, you know. And I think, yeah, I think being or being easing myself into or being whatever your question was, yeah. like, e- you it's e- it. easier to identify or feel yeah, white. I, yeah, yeah, because I am lighter, and I think that plays a massive part in it. Wow. Okay. And I'm just out of curiosity. So how many siblings do you have and who identified as more brown or white? I, I, wanna I, know. Have, I have three older brothers. Um, and I think my, the second oldest was the one that had brought up the conversation and he had said he identifies as brown. Mm-hmm. Like if someone were to ask him, I think he'd say he was brown. And then I think my other two brothers had said, oh, brown when it's convenient, <laughs> white when it's convenient. Yeah. And- and I was sort of like, you're not wrong. Like, I feel like we can play, like, if I made an, an, a, like, not an offensive Indian joke, but maybe like an Indian joke about other Indian people, people are like, oh, you can say that because you're Indian. Like, so I'd be like, yeah, mm. like that sort of thing. I'd be like, mm. I'm brown. I can play the brown card yeah. because, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and yeah, and, out of curiosity, so your parents, your mom's Indian, your dad's Swiss, yeah. how'd that happen? Because I was, I'm always quite shook when there is like in the past generations inter, interracial relationships, especially with South Asians, especially with South Asian women, because I find that like, like how does that happen? Our culture is so traditional and it really was back then so how the heck were you born how did it happen how did they meet you know were your your mum's family super traditional do they like face any hardships with that I think they were traditional but 
I feel like they were very progressive for their time. Right. Um, and very open-minded. And I think that just like goes to show like just the type of people they, they are. Mm. Um, my grandpa was. But um, I think my, my nana's side, so my grandfather's side, was more traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they were traditional because my, my grandparents got married in a traditional way, um, like arranged and everything like that. Um, but I think them coming and moving to Australia played a massive part in it. Um, not, I'd, I'd have to tell, ask my mum that, but I think that's what would have played a, a big mm. part in that. Um, because yeah, the culture is completely different. They, I don't think my mum was ever like ready to be pushed into an arranged marriage. I mm. think she'd always said, no, no, I'm not ready. Like, don't look for me yet sort of thing. Mm. And the fact uh, that your grandparents would have like listened to her when she said, no, I don't want to. That's a huge yeah. thing though. That means they would have been really progressive. So, Cause I know like a lot of people, even in our generation that the parents would not have respect their daughter's wishes. They would have married yeah. them off. Yeah. Yeah. So when it came to my dad, I think they, of course, they were a little bit um, skeptical at first, but I think they were open-minded to meeting him. Mm. Um, and so I think my grandpa, to my grandpa, it meant more for him to get his mother's approval. Right. Um, and so I think he was sort of like, I'm okay with it if my mother is okay with it. Yeah. And I don't like I think my parents got married quite quickly after meeting. Wow. I think it's also just that that um time. I think people were getting married quite quickly. Yes. Um so like when you know, you know. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so I think my grandpa asked his mum for permission and she sort of said the most beautiful thing she could have said and was like, if she's happy, then I'm happy. And wow. so that sort of is how it happened and I think my mum was worried Mm. but obviously it all worked out Mm. and I think my mum had also mentioned that because she went and lived in Switzerland not long after um they got married Mm. and for a little bit and she learnt the language and everything and but she said that she felt like an outsider a lot because especially in that time it's more um multicultural now um, in Switzerland, even though they might not be the most accepting of it, I think that's also a very European thing. They want things yeah. to stay the same, mm. um, especially in Switzerland, I guess. But um, she was like the only brown person there that she like. Mm. She felt obviously brown, mm. <laughs> even that dark. She like yeah. She said she felt like an outsider, and she didn't understand the language straight away, of course. So she felt judged and whatever. But my that my Swiss side of my family loves my mom, and you know it's that. So that's, oh, that's how it awesome. happened. My dad didn't speak English when he came here. Wow. Um, and so they, I think they met when they were working together. I think my dad was the chef, and my mom was the waitress or something. Wow. I can't remember the story, but yeah, I think he slowly learnt English and was a bit broken. <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> Yeah, and then that's what I met. Love transcends all, including languages, doesn't it? That's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. And does your dad speak fluent English now? 
Yeah, like he still has a slight accent on some words and like some, mm. uh, yeah, some like, <laughs> like I think just like W's and what's the other one? And V's, he gets them mixed up sometimes. Because <gasps> really? Like, yeah, because That's in horrendous. German, pronounce them differently. <gasps> so We like, have in- similar thing in, um, in Sinhalese. Um, I, I don't know why exactly what it is, but I just know that all Sinhalese people have a problem with W's and V's, including myself. And I don't know why, but for <laughs> literally as long as I can remember, I've had a problem with W's and V's. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. You can speak fluent English. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah. that, that's so amazing. Um, you're, geez, your grandma must have been like, very very progressive because for yeah that time, at that awesome. time yeah um and I think that sort of set precedent for my mum's um younger sister because mm-hmm. she then married an Australian um oh. white guy as well so my who my my uncle so yeah I think that was sort of just like yeah I think they were just more accepting of it they saw that especially because my dad and my uncle were also just very respectful of the Indian culture. Mm-hmm. I think that um, made it easier for my right. grandparents because willing to do everything. They had the Indian ceremony, a church ceremony wow. or whatever, um, and got full into it. And wow. so I think that made it easier. That's amazing. That's so beautiful. I love how multicultural the earth is becoming soon there won't be any culture it will just be like a a concoction of everyone and everything um last question I have for you Miss Jazz um (laughs) to wrap up this segment what is your ultimate dream well I think we know I think it's to be a full-time actress in Mm -hmm. like that being my career um and being successful in that and maybe also being um successful in music as well because I love to sing and um I have some really talented friends who love writing music and um ask me to sing their stuff and and so hopefully one day I can do both that's so exciting (laughs) so focusing on the acting side of that now and hoping that um kicks off into something that can be my full-time career so exciting and music theater or film or both um, open to both, mm-hmm. uh, always. But like I said, I'm not as good as a dancer as you, <laughs> so <laughs> I'd need some training in that before getting up on stage on the proper stage. Um, but so I think film at the moment is where, okay. where I want to head in. Yeah. Okay. And what's your dream gig? Oh, like so what kind of movie? Like- a-, a movie or? Oh. Yeah, in a movie. I'd yeah. love to be in a movie. Or even just, like, a, like obviously everyone wants to be in, like, a popular TV show, but, like, to yeah. be in, like, a comedy would be awesome because Ooh. that always makes people laugh and... Um, sorry, my mum just walked in. <laughs> um, yeah, to be in a comedy because, I like, obviously making people laugh and making, making people smile is the best thing ever. So that would be awesome too. I agree. I used to shit on comedy um, a lot. And I don't know, ever since I got into acting recently, I was like, I think comedy is just the best genre because, yeah, you know, like, yeah, you can get into all that deep shit, which is like, 
you know, cool psychological horror, also deep, opens people's perceptions to like it's it's all great, like creating thought provoking art. But at the end of the day, like when I think of what I want to gain out of like sitting down at a screen for an hour, I'd love to just be able to laugh and feel better about myself and my life after it. I think that that's the well, best type of art. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And like even just in general, like when you make someone laugh, like I have my best friend, she's the only person that thinks I'm funny and she keeps <laughs> like she feeds my ego so hard. Like she'll be like, she'll send me a meme and it'll be like something about being the funniest person in the world. I'm like, keep it coming. Tell me I'm funny. Like if you laugh, it's the best. Oh, I love that. I love a hype girl best friend. I have one too. Yes. Yeah. Um, no one else thinks I'm funny. She's the only one. <laughs> no, me it. too. Me too. Me too. Me and my bestie as well. Um, yeah, no, comedy is the greatest thing. I totally don't doubt you one bit. I, I can't wait to see you on TV one day and say, I okay. need her. <laughs> yes um and any last words to say anything that you haven't uh maybe like you felt we haven't touched on or anything your opportunity is no now. I think we've touched on so many things yeah? um yeah no thank you for letting me be a part of this this is so cool oh I'm my so god excited of course no you're, you're my first half on the show <laughs> I'm so happy <laughs> I got to um dive into this perspective because I find that like halfies get left out a bit and you know this conversation is about culture and I don't want people to feel like because they're a halfie and they've grown up in Australia they're they're white and they're not included in the culture I I want everyone to feel that if they identify as South Asian even just 10 percent they're invited into this space yeah Yeah. and embrace it because we're so lucky that we will that I can experience the Indian culture, the Australian culture and the Swiss culture all. And like to just embrace that because not many people can say that. And yeah. yeah, and it's awesome. You get to learn so much and really just opens your mind. So yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> yes. If you're a Harpy listening to this, own it, rock it. Yeah. Any, any advice for Harpies actually growing up and maybe confused about who they are? Um, Definitely just, I think, learning more about your other half, I guess, mm. the half that may, might not be as socially acceptable at the time mm-hmm. um, does wonders because as soon as you learn more about your own culture, um, you're more likely to embrace it. Mm. Um, and, like, for example, like, I used to hate my middle name because it's in the Hindi name and it's when people asked me what it was, I'd be like, oh, and then I'd sort of just say it's Shanti and I love it. And my grandma always the way, because I think because I love my grandma so much as well, like when she explains what it means, she's like, it means peace, it means tranquility, it means all these things. And I'm like, I love that. And now I've got it tattooed on me. So like, I think learning about your own culture helps embrace, helps you embrace it. So Heck yeah. yeah, let's leave it at that on that beautiful note, beautifully said, Jazz. Thank you so much for being here today and for like so generously sharing your experiences with us and good luck with the acting course and your career and diving into your dreams. Yes. Yeah, thank you for having me. I've loved sharing it. <laughs> thank you for tuning into the Brown Paint Podcast. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at brownpaintbrown.com 
and listen to the next couple episodes coming out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. 